Well, hey, this is Joey Furjanic, lead pastor of the Block Church. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to share this time together with you. We hope this message will touch, impact, and transform your life and help take us one step further on our journey to revive every block. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Block Church. My name is Maria, and I am a minister here at the Block Church, as well as the director of our nonprofit, The Block Cares. And I just want to take a moment to welcome all of you joining us at our physical locations and welcome those of you that are joining us online. We are in week three of our mental health series, Brainwash, and we have been addressing hard and sometimes painful topics throughout this series. But it is with the hope that you will experience transformational change, a renewing of your mind, and find hope in the freedom that Jesus died for. I am not a medical professional or a clinical expert, but I have dedicated the last two years to master's study in pastoral care and counseling because I personally believe that you can walk in healing and freedom. And if God would just use me a little bit to hold space for people, I want you to experience Jesus in that way. Today, I have titled my message, Anxiety and Depression, Overcoming the Battle. This message is more topical and grounded in scripture. We will create a framework for regarding anxiety and depression and navigating our emotions, but then we will head directly to the truth of God's word. If you are battling anxiety and depression, it is my hope that this conversation and this message will bring truth and perspective that will renew your mind in a way that helps you overcome whatever battle you are fighting. I think if we look at statistics or um, experience the experiences of people around us, we can all say that anxiety and depression are real. The COVID-19 pandemic triggered a 25% increase in the prevalence of anxiety and depression worldwide. In the United States, 39% of adults report having symptoms of anxiety. I did the quick math and that's 100.5 million people. 31% of adults in the United States report having symptoms of depression. That is an additional 80 million people. These statistics are staggering. There is a true mental health crisis in our country today where anxiety and depression are concerned. I think it's important for this message and for this conversation to responsibly define anxiety uh, and depression clinically um, and just recognize what their symptoms are. Anxiety is intense, excessive, and persistent worry or fear about situations. You may experience repeated episodes of sudden feelings of intense uh, panic or attacks. These feelings of anxiety and panic interfere with daily activities. They are difficult to control. They are out of proportion to the actual danger, but they can last a long time. You may avoid places or situations to prevent these feelings. Clinically, the uh, symptoms of depression are feelings of worthlessness or shame, fixating on past failures or self-blame, trouble thinking, concentrating, making decisions, or remembering things. There may be frequent or recurrent thoughts of death, suicidal thoughts, suicidal attempts, or even suicide. There can be unexplained physical problems such as back pain or headaches. 
I have experienced seasons of deep sadness and grief. I have also lived experiences that have stirred up great fear in my life. Personally, I have not experienced deep depression or crippling anxiety, but I have loved and supported those closest to me as they journeyed. There were times that I personally didn't know what to do other than to continually pray for them and carry hope on their behalf. But I have also seen the Holy Spirit radically help and heal those same loved ones as they vulnerably yielded that struggle to God and sought help from those who could help them. Help and healing for each of those individuals came in different ways. For some, it was returning to faith and getting into community. For others, it was finding vulnerable, safe space, safe space to talk about what they had been through. For one, it was seeking clinical medical help. For another, it was being on medication for a season. Help and healing come in different ways. And I wanna break down the barrier for those of you who need help but have struggled to seek and find it. Many times there is a stigma attached. There are negative opinions that may be projected on you or in culture it is viewed as a weakness. Sometimes there's even fear in taking that first step. I wanna remove that barrier for you today and tell you that there is strength in finding the help that is right for you. Throughout this series, we are providing resources to you. You can access those resources by texting TBC HELP to 94000, and I would encourage you to take that step. I think it's also important to acknowledge that even though there is help readily available many times, there is a, a time where a person's ability to navigate and cope with the weight of their struggle and anxiety and depression significantly diminishes and in one second of lost hope, they make an irreversible decision to end their life. The healing that they so desperately longed for is received in the arms of Jesus, but it leaves a painful healing journey and a void for those who are left behind to navigate. In those circumstances, God is our ultimate hope and our healer. We are faced daily with reality, imaging, and influences that have the ability to create the presence of great fear or deep sadness within us. But it is also important to recognize that not all fear is anxiety and not all sadness is depression. In fact, we experience a wide range and depth of emotions. And it's okay to understand and experience those emotions in healthy and productive ways. If you have been in counseling or uh, in some kind of therapy, or even if you've done some deep healing work emotionally, you may be familiar with the feelings wheel. It is this bright, colorful wheel that encompasses many, many, many emotions that we feel. And there are levels and depths to our emotions. But in the middle of the wheel, there are six core basic feelings that we all have. Included in those basic feelings are sad. Sadness, which is the core of depression, or fear, which is the core of anxiety. Within each of those basic emotions, there are more nuanced and deeper feelings. Within the, the, the emotion or feeling of sad, at a deeper level, you may feel disappointed, shame, neglected. Even deeper, you may feel hurt, anger, isolation, or depression. 
Within the emotion of fear at a deeper level, you may feel scared, insecure, nervous. At an even deeper level, you may feel worried, inadequate, or have feelings of anxiety. We need to be able to use discretion in understanding what emotions we are experiencing and how to navigate them. Many times we don't deal with them. We get stuck in them. We become overwhelmed by our experiences and our emotions. We end up ruminating or spiraling. Our eyes become fixated on our struggle and we lose sight of God. When our struggle is persistent and long-suffering, we begin to question where God is and sometimes wonder if he even hears or sees us. Fear begins to take residence in our minds. We become vulnerable to the strongholds of the enemy and we can actually end up speaking spirits of sadness, fear, anxiety, and depression over ourselves. Looking at the scriptures, there is one story in particular that highlights many of these emotional responses. It is the story of Elijah's battle with anxiety and depression. It is personally one of my favorite passages because it reveals how God powerfully moves and ministers in our time of struggle. Elijah is one of the greatest prophets of the Bible, and he was sent during a very turbulent time in Israel. They had turned away from the Lord and they were worshiping Baal and other idols. Elijah's job was to show Israel their evil ways and to encourage them to return to the Lord. I don't know about you, but it sounds like a pretty stressful job. And if God told me to go do that, I probably would say no thanks. But Elijah was obedient in that. Leading into our story and our text that we're going to study today, Jezebel was the queen at that time, and she promoted the worship of false gods, and she even harassed and killed God's prophets. Elijah orders all of the prophets of Baal to be slaughtered, and this angers Queen Jezebel, and she vows to kill Elijah. We're going to begin reading in 1 Kings 19.2, and we are going to read a lot of scripture today because it is rich in God's truth where anxiety and depression are concerned. So turn to your neighbor and say, I can't wait. (laughs) All right, here we go. So picking up in 1 Kings verse 2, we read, So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. What we begin to see here is that Elijah's lived experience of having a stressful job, experiencing murder and death all around him, and now having his life threatened begins to inform negative emotions that start to spiral. Here, we are able to also identify responses and actions that negatively impact Elijah's struggle. We see that he has great fear, which turns into anxiety, and instead of facing it, he runs away. We see that he begins to enter isolation. He leaves his servant and he begins to journey alone. We see that deep despair begins to turn to depression. And as depression sets in, he loses sight of his purpose and his calling. 
Just like Elijah, we all have a range of lived experiences that weave the tapestry of our life. But because of a broken and sinful world, not all experiences are positive. However, both positive and negative experiences inform our thoughts, our worldview, sometimes even our biblical worldview, and how we navigate and respond to life. Renewing our mind is a powerful spiritual weapon that we need to learn to continually pick up as we respond to lived experiences and when we are battling mental health challenges like anxiety and depression. Renewing your mind aligns your mind with the truth of God's word by learning to recognize the lies of the enemy, replace them with the truth of God's word, and then reinforce that truth every time the enemy comes at you with the same lies. This is not always easy to do. The enemy is persistent. Sometimes it is reframing years of lived experiences, emotions, and breaking the strongholds of the lies that the enemy has told you that have now become a part of your core beliefs. There is a great resource that's available in our resource list called Winning the War on Your Mind. It's a book written by Craig Rochelle. There's also a U uh, version uh, devotional that accompanies it. But in this book, he talks about 10 years of work to reframe his thinking to overcome the battle of his mind. He vulnerably shares his journey and gives valuable exercises and tools to help you overcome the battle of your mind. And even after 10 years, he still talks about having to pick up those same tools and apply them when the enemy comes for his mind. Billy Graham says, most of all, let the word of God fill you and renew your mind every day. When our minds are on Christ, Satan has little room to maneuver. Looking at Elijah, we see that in his anxiety, depression, and isolation, he has come to a crossroads. His mental health has deteriorated to the point of giving up. God does not move in an answer, in a way that answers Elijah's original prayer. I love this. But instead, he begins to move in a way that causes a renewing of Elijah's mind that eventually brings healing and helps him overcome his battle. Picking up in verse five, we read, all at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. 
After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Woven through the entirety of this passage, passage and story, there are three keys to overcoming the battle, which are important. If you're taking notes today, make sure that you capture these. The first key in overcoming the battle is recalling God's faithfulness. In the midst of the battle, God is continually moving and ministering to you. In the battle, God is your strength. Elijah's battle continued beyond his original prayer to give up and die. But God knew exactly what he needed at the right time, and he sent angel help. God knew that the journey would be too much for Elijah, and so he provided supernatural strength. I don't know if you caught it, but in the second meal that he had, that was enough food to journey 40 days to Mount Horeb, which was over 200 miles. That is supernatural strength because we do a 40-day fast at least once a year, and there's usually some presence of food in that 40 days and some liquid sustenance, and we struggle to even get a workout in, yet Elijah was able to travel 40 days and 200 miles to Mount Horeb. Can I just say that for those of you who battle with anxiety and depression and that battle is long, God is your strength. Actively engage in the battle by praying and asking for angel help. That same angel help that was there for Elijah is available to you. God knows exactly what you need at exactly the right time. In the battle, God is your presence. Notice Elijah's response when he gets to the cave. He hides in the dark. This is a response that, continually, that, is, that continues to negatively impact his struggle. But God exposes the dark. Sometimes our negative lived experiences or our battle with mental health struggles cause us to hide in the dark. The enemy preys on the dark, on our mind and emotions. We are vulnerable to his stronghold. In order to overcome the battle, we have to bring things into the light. We see that God calls Elijah. In the midst of Elijah's struggle, there was still a purpose and a calling on his life. He responds to God's call and steps out of the dark. Your struggle does not silence the purpose or calling on your life. Your struggle does not disqualify you. God is continually pursuing you, shining light into the darkness and working all things for your good and continuing to work his perfect plan for your life. Picking up in verse 15, we read, the Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel, king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel and anoint Elijah, son of Shaphat from Abel Mohila to succeed you as a prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Hazel, and Elijah will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. In the battle, God is your promise. God promises allies that will fight with and for Elijah. God will send allies to fight with and for you. 
God's promises to defeat the things in Elijah's life that were at the root of his depression and anxiety, God will also defeat the roots of your anxiety and depression. God promises Elijah community. He thought in his perspective that he was the only one left, but God reserves 7,000 faithful people in the nation of Israel. God will bring the community around you to uphold and support you. God promises a trusted friend and a servant to Elisha, Elijah, in Elisha. God will provide someone who will journey with you. You may not have a super supernatural encounter with God where he audibly speaks. Although that does happen, and I always pray that God will begin to show up in more supernatural ways. But he speaks, and we experience his presence in many ways. We experience his presence and his, word, and his voice through his word. We experience it through prayer. We experience him through visions and dreams. You and I experience his presence through each other in church and community. You are created relationally by God to desire and exist in relationships. You are also intricately created and designed holistically by God. The second key in overcoming the battle is re remembering your design. You are created with a mind, which is your thoughts, your feelings, and your emotions. You are created with your body, which is your physical being. You are created with a soul and a spirit, which is your spiritual being. Every part of your holistic being is important. Every part is interconnected to your whole self. Every part requires attention, nurturing, and care. When we neglect any part of our design, our whole self becomes vulnerable. Overcoming the battle requires a holistic approach. Physically, we need to eat a healthy diet. We need to have good nourishment and we need to rest. We see that Elijah ate and he rested. And you may say, well, this is an easy thing to do. But I think if we really look internal and sometimes we're honest with ourselves, we struggle with anxiety, yet we drink a lot of caffeine or we don't rest properly, which uh, brings onsets and, of depression and, and a ride of emotions. We have to care for ourselves physically in order to not have the other parts become vulnerable. Spiritually, we need to establish consistent disciplines. We need to spend time in the presence of God and others. We need to pray continually. And this is a come as you are. We see that Elijah was emotionally fragile and vulnerable when he sought the Lord for the first time in his struggle. He was done and he wanted to die. You don't have to come perfect. You can come wherever you are, but you need to begin to consistently daily spend time in the presence of the Lord. Mentally, we need to be an active participant in our healing journey and in your relationship to God. We see that God called and Elijah stepped into the light. We see that God said, go back. Elijah found courage to face the past. For some of you today, your first step may need to be to step into the light. For others, it may need to be with help to go back to the past, to face the things of your past that have become these core roots of the anxiety and depression that you struggle with today. God in his promises to Elijah said, I will. And in those promises, Elijah renewed his mind with the promises of God and he overcame his battle. The third key to overcoming the battle is recognizing that there is hope. 
Even when it does not feel like it, hope is resident in our struggle because of the love of God our Father, because of our salvation in Jesus our healer, and because of our help and power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. There is nothing more powerful than the Word of God. It is His gift to us. It reveals everything that God is to us in relation to our experiences and our emotions. And in addition to Elijah's story, it is filled with examples of people who battled anxiety and depression. David was troubled and battled deep despair. The Psalms are filled with his anguish, loneliness, fear of the enemy, his heart cry over his sin, his guilt that he struggled with because of it. We also see his deep grief over the loss of his sons. In other places, David's honesty with his own weaknesses gives us hope who struggle today. Job suffered through great loss, devastation, and physical illness. Moses was grieved over the sin of his people. Jeremiah wrestled with great loneliness, feelings of defeat, and insecurity. Jesus himself was deeply anguished over what lay before him. He knew what was to come. Isaiah prophesied that Christ would be a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He knew that God would call him to a journey of great suffering. He knew what must happen in order for us to overcome the battle and be truly free. Overcoming the battle is recalling God's faithfulness, remembering your design and recognizing hope, renewing your mind with the truth of God's word and his promises which become weapons in fighting the battle. As we close, I wanna to begin to speak over you the truth of who God is and the truth of his word. Let these truths wash over you and renew your mind. In 2 Corinthians 10, 4, it says, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. The same God that was for Elijah is the same God that is for you. Psalms 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The same God that fought for Elijah is the same God that will fight for you. Deuteronomy 20, 20 says, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against the enemy to give you victory. The same God that ministered and moved in Elijah's, in Elijah's life sent Jesus to die for you. Jesus overcame the battle when he went to the cross and he died for every experience, every emotion, every struggle that we will go through. There is hope in every experience, every emotion, every struggle because Jesus lives and he has already won the victory. Online and at our physical locations, we're gonna enter a time of personal worship and reflection. And as the band comes to play, you can stay seated but I would love for you to just spend time doing one of these three things. Reflect on the faithfulness of God in your life. Spend this time in prayer. Journal or take a note in your phone of what God is speaking to you right now. God, as we reflect in this time of worship, I pray that you would come now. We are waiting in your presence. Would you speak to us? Would you deliver us? 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. I especially want to thank those of you who give generously to help us revive every block. If you enjoyed this message, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, screenshot it, and post your social stories, and tag us at The Block Church. We'd love to hear from you and how you found this encouraging and inspiring. Thanks again, and God bless you.